Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel over-churched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. My name is Megan Mendoza, and I'm the scripture reader for this morning. Our scripture is from John 13, 21 through 30. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, Very truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he was speaking. One of his disciples, the one of whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter therefore mentioned to him to ask, motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So while reclining next to Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. After he received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, do quickly what you are going to do. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the common purse, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, and thanks be to each and every one of you that is here today. My name is Juan Pablo, and I am the interim, interim, the interim, yeah, (laughs) interim acting, this, (laughs) I'll get it right, Um, I'm the interim uh, director of discipleship, something like that, (laughs) long job title, (laughs) Um, and it is nice and cool outside. And um, so I asked, you know, I have no other family here. It's just me and my brother, pretty much. Um, So, uh, but whenever I travel to Puerto Rico, which I try to go once a year, uh, my uncle who lives, so it's my parents' house on a mountain, my aunt, Godming, and my uh, uncle, who's my godfather, Luciano. And he, every time I go, which is usually pretty hot over there, like 80 or 90. I'm not sure why he decides he's always going to make me soup. So he makes this stew uh, called sancocho. It has meat in it. It's pretty hearty. It has uh, plantains and yuca and a lot of spices. And he he gets some uh, firewood and he cooks this outside, not even in his kitchen. He makes a big production of it. And um, also invites a lot of people over. 
um, and throws a little party. And he did that uh, in January when I went last time. Um, and so I, you know, I called my mom and I'm like, hey, what's that recipe for Sancocho? And she started saying, and I said, oh, forget it. I just made chicken noodle soup from a can because <laughs> it was a lot of work. But it was, I think, my, my uncle's way of uh, saying that uh, he loves me. And every time, you know, it's not words I've ever heard from him, uh, but this, uh, this uh, sancocho, this soup that he makes, uh, is a way for him to celebrate me and, and show love for me. Um, and so this, this month, we're talking about strange things that Jesus did in the Bible. Um, and you saw the verse that we're about to discuss. Uh, it's pretty strange. And um, I'm going to try to tackle and figure out what Jesus did. But this is a pretty good series. Um, it's kind of like reading your favorite novel and going back to places and figuring out those secret messages that might be embedded in, in the pages of this book. And so today we're going to uh, talk about the dipping of the bread that Jesus did. Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Glorious God. Uh, in your infinite wisdom, you uh, have stories in this, in this book, in the Bible, that speak to us. And Lord, I ask that today you would let those words flow and let those words speak to us um, and to tell us a message, that message that you want us to know. And I pray that as I speak, that your words would flow and your Holy Spirit would uh, minister to us. In your name we pray. Amen. So, just like Alex, I will also put a timer because I like to wrap Babylon. There we go. Um, so, we're almost at the end of this sermon series, and we have a couple of weeks left. But in the story here, we see um, the scripture where Jesus is with his disciples having supper. Um, and he tells the disciples, one of you is going to betray me. Um, there's different versions of this story. Uh, Matthew, Mark, the disciples all take turns asking, is it me? Am I going to betray you? Um, but in Luke, it, it doesn't say that anyone uh, asked Jesus, that they just spoke amongst themselves. But here in this, in this account, in, in John, um, Peter then asks John, go ask Jesus who he's talking about. Who is this person that's going to betray him? And Jesus says, it is the one that I dip this bread and give, and give it to them. Uh, that is the person that is going to betray me. Um, and here's, that's the strange part of this story, that why would Jesus grab a piece of bread and dip it and give it to Judas um, because as soon as he does this, uh, Judas takes the bread, but it then says that Satan enters him, and he leaves, and then it was night. Strange little um, passages there all together. And, um, and so the, the, the King James Version, because I, you know, I just told you I love soup. Um, the King James Version uses a word for bread, and it's called sup. It's the word we get supper from. Um, and so in that, in that translation, it says uh, the sop, which is a tiny morsel, um, Jesus grabs that tiny morsel and dips it in this broth and then gives it to him. Um, this broth is also 
used in this in this um, this sop and and cup combination. If we think it was Passover time around this time, and so one of the traditions in Passover is this this dipping of sop into a, a broth and giving it to the person that you love uh, as a sign of friendship, as a sign of community, as a sign of love to the other person. And Jesus does this with Judas, and he gives this to him first. Um, and this is where I think it's a strange thing, because I'm trying to figure out why would that be here all of a sudden? Why would it be in this uh, in this section, uh, because it seems strange. Uh, he gives it to Judas, and Judas um, takes it, and he leaves. Meanwhile, the rest of the disciples are confused and don't know what's going on. Uh, Judas leaves. They think that he's off to buy some supplies for some, something else, and, and the story goes on. Uh, before Judas gives this bread to, to uh, uh, Judas, to Judas, before Jesus gives the bread to Judas, um, he does a couple of things. And so we're going to look at what Jesus does before this and what Jesus does after this. And I think in reading those two sections, then this middle part is going to try to make sense, or at least it did to me. So right before this whole episode happens, Jesus is at the table with the disciples, and they're about to have supper. Jesus gets up from the table and puts a towel, takes off his robe, and decides that he's going to wash his disciples' feet. We all know that story. I know for me, I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and we used to wash feet a lot. Um, as a kid, I never got the significance of it, but um, I hate feet. And, <laughs> and so... Um, I hated this tradition that we did all the time. Um, now that I'm older, I get it. You know, I'm, I get this this whole act of of serving someone else, and this act of washing someone's feet. Which I guess back then they say they wore sandals, and if you were always dirty, um, so it take, it took out a, a deeper meaning. So Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And then he says to them, just what I have done for you, you do that for others. And he, it's mentioned that he tells it to Peter. And this will be interesting because there's Peter and Judas and the beloved um, disciple all kind of in this, in this uh, story. But he tells uh, uh, Simon this, because uh, Paul, because Paul says, well, if you're going to wash my feet, wash all of me, um, and all of that happens. But Jesus says, do this. So it's first this real act, a demonstration of love and a demonstration of service. It's like my uncle Sancocho. He made it. He took time. He, he, he's with them, and he gives them that. Then it says that Jesus is... Um, troubled in spirit. And then this whole part with Judas happens. Um, I'm not sure about Greek or what language this was in, but I just asked someone, what did troubled in spirit mean? And they said it actually probably meant anger, uh, that he was angry at what was happening. Um, and, and then he, he tells, he gives the bread to Judas. So first is the washing of the feet. 
and then this whole part of giving the bread, the sop to, Ju- to Judas. But then right afterwards, he turns to the disciples and he says, I give you the greatest commandment. Do we all know what the greatest commandment is? Love one another, right? He then says, love one another. Strange series of events that happens. First is service, then this part of betrayal, and then this um, commandment that he gives them of love. And he gives them a new commandment. This is it. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And so for me, this, uh, you know, I've been the interim director of discipleship for about a year. Um, In the beginning, it was um, what I thought the job was, which was just, hey, get some small groups going, Um, maybe a men's group uh, retreat uh, here or there. Um, And that is our expression of discipleship here at Urban Village Church. Um, And that was just my thought of what that was. But if I start looking at what the structure of discipleship that Jesus is modeling here, it looks a little different. Because Jesus begins with this demonstration of love, of washing the feet. This is his act of fullness, living into who he really was, who Jesus was and who he came to be, and and, um, living out what he was meant to be and do here on earth, even though it, and, and even on to death that it led him out to. But then there's like this sandwich that happens. He does this demonstration, and let's look in the middle of this sandwich. There's some ham. I love to talk about food. There's some, <laughs> <laughs> there's some ham. This, these two parts of discipleship that are shown here. Um, one is this possibility of community grounded in love and grounded in service to each other. This community that, that Jesus offers to Judas by telling him and by showing him, you are loved, I love you. Here is the sop and the broth, and he offers that to Judas. But then the monster cheese right after that, in the center of this sandwich of discipleship is there's going to sometimes be betrayal within this community. And what happens then? And then finally, the other bread is this commandment to love each other. And so there it is. And I'm like, discipleship, pretty simple, right? Demonstration of love, a community that, grew, that grows together, that loves each other, although there might be some bad parts in it sometimes, and then a commandment of doing everything that we do for each other and for others in love. And I didn't always get this because, I mean, I've shared with you before, it's been a long journey. Um, I turned 50, and for the last 30 years, I've been struggling about what God says about the LGBTQ community. It was difficult. It was hard. I've, I've heard so many different things. My family told me so many different things. You're going to hell. You might not go to hell, depending on the denomination. But our denomination... <laughs> I'm serious, but our denomination then this year says, 
Um, and, you know, I became a Methodist like a year, two years ago. I'm like, yeah, this is the one. And then <laughs> last year, um, or this year actually, voted that um, we will not be ordaining people in the LGBTQ community. This caused me not a lot of pain because, you know, I started seminary. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get ordained. Oh, wait, I'm not going to get ordained. Maybe I'll get ordained. I'm not sure if I'll get ordained. But the, 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 the whole time of me trying to figure these things out and trying to understand where it is that God um, wants from, from me, what my calling is, what is the purpose of us? What is our purpose in life? What is our purpose at Urban Village Church? But Jesus gives us a really good model here of who we are and what we should do for each other. And so as the year went on and the news happened and we get it, people are angry, people are burning up, some people left the, the, the denomination, some decided they were no longer going to seek ordination, they left. They, did, they were angry and sad, and there was others that were trying to hold on. And so I said, let me listen in. Let me just sit and listen and figure out with this together with our community. And so we did a few things. We just we said, well, let there be brunch. And we had brunches. It was like, hey, you want to come and eat? We're going to have a brunch. We did a brunch for people in their 30s. We did Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday brunch with the over 40s, which was a nice group of people, and the under 40, which is a large group of people. That's okay. Um, and we Skyped each other in, and we ate, and then we celebrated Pentecost together in a small liturgy. We said, hey, if the churches are not allowing the queer community to worship, then hey, let's open up a bar, a gay bar in the neighborhood and worship together. And we do that one Tuesday a month. We close uh, Atmosphere Bar down and we have worship there. Um, and it's for queer people, allies, whoever wants to be. But we said, hey, let's, let's do this. This is something that came out from the voices of our own community wanting to grow together. And so then I, I've come to, to the realization that, that here in my journey that I've had, um, just like Judas, there was a moment that I just didn't like what was happening and I didn't couldn't worship and I couldn't serve as my true self. So a few years ago, I just said, I am done. I am done serving Jesus because this is just totally nuts. Um, I can't understand if I feel called and created uh, and I'm glorious in, Jesus, in God's image, then why am I being excluded? And so I left. And this was the night for me. This was where it became night. And I decided to turn away, not to turn away from Jesus, but turn away from the, the life that Jesus modeled for me. Um, and this was the betrayal that we see in Judas, that the betrayal was actually 
living against Jesus' love. It was living contrary to what Jesus wanted. And, and Judas, we see that he was upset of, about a few things, that a lot of money was spent on this perfume that was poured over Jesus' head and that was used um, when they washed his feet. There was, uh, he was upset at the way that Jesus did things, and he was like, that's not a Messiah. A Messiah wouldn't do things like that. A Messiah would do things like this. Um, and so we've all been there, right? Where we all say, we shouldn't, this shouldn't be done this way. It should be done that way. And Jesus still offers this sop to, to Judas. But as a church and as a people and as a community, night can come when we exclude people. Night can come when we ignore people with disabilities and make all our events um, at places that are not accessible to them. Night comes when we do the things that are opposite to what Jesus lived in his life. And I pray that night will not come to Urban Village, that night will not come to us, that we will continue to live out a, a, a ministry that is anti-racist, that is affirming, that is inclusive to people, no matter where they come from, who they love, or what they can or cannot do. And so <clears throat> as I was telling you that on my journey, as I kept going, um, and the one day I came to Urban Village was because they were having a social justice theme, um, and I stepped in to the church. And I thought I was just going to come and hear hopefully a Martin Luther King Jr. story or something is really what I was thinking. Um, but instead, I sit there and I look around and the worship team seems queer. And we're doing the, the, the passing of the peace and I turn around and there's a couple behind me that are same sex. <laughs> and I sit down and I, and I start bawling. I start crying. I felt like um, this something inside me was lifted. I felt forgiveness. I felt Jesus saying, it's okay that you were felt let down. It's okay that you felt uh, betrayed and, and left alone. Um, and I felt like Peter, because in this story, Right after this great commandment of love, Jesus tells Peter this, the thing of, you will deny me three times. Peter's like, not me. And we all know that Peter does, right? And so here, just like Peter sees Jesus at the beach later on after he resurrects, I found myself in the one, in the one stage, uh, a chair in the audience um, at that same spot that Jesus asking me, do you love me? And, and me saying, yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. And Jesus says this simple, simple phrase at the end of it all to Peter, and I think he tells to us, even when we feel that we've betrayed and we're angry at things um, and we turn away from that life that Jesus has taught us to live in service and in love, Follow me. And this is where I think 
explains this strange thing of the sop and, and the soup and this broth. And so if we stumble along the way, there's forgiveness. If, if, we, if we feel that sometimes we're angered or we're, we don't see things the same way, there's forgiveness. In Jesus, there's forgiveness. But we have to serve others in love, and we have to serve each other in love and demonstrate that. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. <clears throat> Lord, Jesus, we thank you for a great example of love and demonstrating love to others. God, our journeys are all different. Our journeys are all magnificent in the, tra- in the twists and turns that life takes us on. But we ask that you would guide us along the way, that you would give us comfort in the times we feel um, that we can't carry on, that you would give us strength, that your spirit would lead us, that as a community, we would continue to seek ways to love more, that we would find ways to include people more. Forgive us if we have looked away and we have ignored people's voices. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.